Once upon a time, there were three writers who wanted to write novels. These people were us. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> I guess it works. Cue the intro. This is the Christian Artist, honoring Christ and creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. And my name is Carly. Hello, we're here. And we've been writing. We have been writing. We're doing that nano thing, yeah. Uh, so, so how's it been Wait, going, guys? We fulfilled something we said we were going to do on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty proud Within of us. Within the next week. I'm pretty proud of us. You know how crazy that is? Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Now we just have to actually, like, do the whole month so yeah i mean it's day five and i'm still going so i mean i, I only have two thousand words out of the fifty thousand. so yeah so uh, i mean let's let's start with that what's our what's everybody's word count at connor what's your exact word count? i have written three thousand two hundred and fifty words what i what i like have that i i like and know i want to keep because technically like a thousand of those words is uh something that i started with the scene and then i rewrote that scene from a different right um point and then got to the point that i started with mm-hmm. and then just decided to just scrap it that i had previously written and just go with this new thing mm-hmm. and so i technically have 2249 words i mean yeah i think for the purposes of NaNoWriMo, you can probably count all of those words that you wrote in which case i have 3250 yeah 3250 Nice. Because even if you don't like actually use it, like it still counts as you've written it. Like you could just keep it in there until right. Nanorime is over, and then just be like, "Yeah, I'm cutting this." <laughs> right. Okay. Oh boy, I gotta figure out how to. I'm copying this from my noveler thing, and I'm trying to figure out how to <laughs> make the formatting look nice carly what do you have yeah what do you, what's your word count Carl? um my total word count is 7188 wow um i've technically so only proud. written 6817 words though since the first okay right right very nice i'm proud Uh, my word count as of right now is 4,396 words. So that's what I'm at. Yeah. Which is, so, I mean, comparing all of that to what we should have at <laughs> this point in NaNoWriMo, um, let's see, <clears throat> 1667 words times, what is it, the fifth? It should be... 8,335 yeah. words. So all of None us of are us. behind. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. It's it's okay. It's fine. I'm behind my more than double. I mean, the day's not over yet, so. That's true. It's <laughs> very true. But yeah, so that's that's where we're at. Um, so I guess real briefly, um, let's just remind everybody like what, what we're writing. Um, Carl's, what are you writing? Uh, I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> um, you need to find a pen for it. Uh, yeah, I don't have one of those. Um, <laughs> you need to get one. While you think I can give you mine. Yeah, do that. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Why did you yeah, say I that? I understand how it's hard. Um, man. Well, okay, I should say superpowered being trains other superpowered beings um, to prevent apocalypse. Yeah, that's that's a pretty <laughs> pretty apt description. Well, c conflicted superpowered being trains there other superpowered beings to prevent apocalypse. Yeah. Cool, cool. I'm excited. Um, I am writing. Well, here, let me. I need to find the actual pitch so that I can just read this off instead of having to remember it. The pitch for my novel is as follows. A compassionate but frustrated politician wants to effect positive change in a totalitarian government run through magical mind control, but when he is thrust into the leadership of a violent revolution, he risks becoming the very thing he hates. I don't know, you could get so many sentences. What? That's one sentence? I would have used more sentences if... Oh, that was only one sentence? Yeah. yeah it was, it was just a very long one sentence. <laughs> you used a semicolon, doesn't count. I didn't. It's all just commas. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Carly, you got yours? Uh... I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um... I've, like, written out, like, a description of the basic plot several times, but I've changed it so much that I don't know uh, if that would work anymore. It's about um, a girl on a planet. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get off the planet? Is that still true? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, she meets an artificial intelligence. Yes. <laughs> who... Is helping her to get off the planet. Yeah. Who may yes. or may not actually be an artificial intelligence. Yes. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> cool. Uh yeah. So there you go. We are we're doing we're doing Nanorimo. What an intro. Um, you know what'd be funny is if we Yeah. because <laughs> yeah, we haven't been recording audio. Anyway, no, so <laughs> really funny is if we played a prank on all of our listeners. And we uh, made this whole NaNoWriMo thing, and we give them like little snippets of our story, and then, like you know, we're going through it and like saying this is what the story is, this is what the plot is, and right. then we reveal certain chapters that totally go against our our uh, like revealed plot points, and we like tell them what we what they were supposed to be expecting, and then purposely differentiate it. <laughs> That's so much effort. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to worry about that too much. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously we're not doing that. Uh, yeah. We don't even want yeah. it. I'm just saying, you know, that it would be simple. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, how has it been going so far, guys? Um, Like, yeah, Connor, you're... you're, you're... It's, it's been hard for me to... I don't know. After I get off of work, I mean, yeah, like it's just after I get off from work, I feel like I need to do something that's not right. You know what I mean? I feel like I have to relax myself. I feel like I have to, because I'm like tense, I'm like in a working mode, you know, and I feel like I have to do something to kind of turn my mind off for a little while. And then I can come to writing. 
And I also, you know, want to make sure that I'm still reading my Bible and, mm. you know, praying and focusing on those things as well, rather than yeah. just writing all the time. So it's been a struggle for me to balance those things when I feel like I'm, I'm getting it figured out. And okay. uh, I definitely had a really hard time, like starting to write because oh, yeah, I spent too. a lot, a lot of time staring at a blank page, writing uh, one uh, or two sentences every point. Yep. Minutes. Oh, um, dude. Right there with you. And then, then, you know, you get, you kind of take off on something. Um, so it's, but it's been really hard because I'm trying to figure out what, what certain characters are as I'm writing them. And so I'm just been kind of going with it and then trying to piece it together as I go. And then like, you know, he says something and I'm like, oh, that's what he is. And then, and then I like go back and fix it. And then I'm like, all right. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's interesting. It's the one I'm trying to pull off, but it's been fun. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like I'm really, really good at like uh, certain descriptors and like similes and stuff like that um, for describing certain scenes. So that's been a lot of fun. That's been my highlight so far. Um, but I'm having a hard time with dialogue just because I'm not, uh, I'm not actually in the character's head yet because I actually have no idea who this person is yet. And it's like, <laughs> viewpoints and so then i was like oh that's what this person is you know so right it's, mm-hmm. it's been similarly along a similar vein for me like same the first day uh which it was the actual first yeah it was thursday the first day of nanorimo i before terra i was i was planning on spending a lot more time writing that day than i ended up doing <laughs> but it was like this whole thing where I was doing a bunch of other like important like stuff like homework and various things like that, right? Because I had totally only us that night, and then I was gonna go leave the next day, um, go out of town, so a whole bunch of stuff. And then I got to the point where I was like had an hour before Terranolius, and I was like, okay, I'm, uh, I guess I'm just gonna like write like uh some notes for myself on what the prologue is supposed to do, and that's what I just kind of did. I just like kind of set set it up for myself and it's like okay what do i need to write in this prologue like what needs to be there made this little list for myself and then i did terranelius and then i wrote afterwards and i spent about an hour or so writing after terranelius but i tell you what that was some of the most agonizing writing <laughs> i've ever done in my life because a couple of things were happening one i was staring at a blank page right and i had to start start it this is which is always difficult. Two, I hadn't written in a really long time, and I was kind of figuring out what it was again. Yep, that was mm-hmm. yeah. Three, I was rewriting something I had already written, and it was a very like it's gonna be relatively similar, but I knew it needed to be different and better. But I had to figure out what that meant. Four, I was streaming it live. And so I had performance anxiety because people were watching me and they kept talking to me in chat. And I was like, uh, Sorry. no, no, it's fine. But like, I decided to do this to myself. I'm, I'm streaming myself writing. So it's fine. Um, but, and I'm going to continue doing that because I've, I've gotten over the performance anxiety and it's fine now. But yeah, it was, and it was also like midnight. I like wrote from like midnight to 1am. So I was very tired after just GMing an incredibly intense session of Terranolius. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting time. And then Friday I was like trying to do some more writing and I, I managed to do a couple hours of it, but it was still like just so agonizing. Like it just, I was still trying to get into it. It was just taking forever. 
and then I went away and then came back and I hadn't written and I was like no but I got back Sunday night and then I sat down and I wrote a whole bunch and I was really happy with it and I actually started flowing and then today I wrote a whole bunch more and I figured out a whole bunch of more things and I'm I'm like in the mode now and now kind of all I want to do and all I think about is writing which is awesome <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah that's where I'm at I'm really enjoying myself now, now that I've gotten over that initial bump. Yeah, my, okay, the first day, I was, like, I was getting a lot of words out, but I I didn't like them, Mm. (laughs) I didn't like the words, so I was, like, still trying to figure out how, like, what my character acted like, and what, like, what she'd do in certain situations, so I ended up just um like the first scene that I started writing ended up being my character just kind of being angsty for a while and I hated (laughs) it and so I um I tried to kind of shift that a little bit with the scene after that and then like um and then I started to kind of like actually form her character and um but in the middle of that first day I was super like super worried because in my head I was thinking like oh how am I gonna write this thing like in several days that I'm not to yet because like I was worried about plot holes that I hadn't even gotten to right um but then at school before I headed home I like had an epiphany and was like I know how to fix that plot hole Mm -hmm. so I got home and wrote a bunch and was done with the amount of words I needed by like 9 30 and every other night this week has not ended that early. <laughs> yep. That would be a really fun game show. Fix that plot hole! <laughs> yeah, honestly, that would be fun. That would honestly be a fun thing to do on the Christian Artist sometime. Like, in, ter- in terms of, like, an actual, like, show or something that we watched. Yes. And we're just like, fix that plot hole. Like, how could we fix this? That'd be funny. Yeah. And we've done that then- on, like, when we've done, like, movie reviews before. But, yeah. and then on saturday i spent pretty much the entire day writing like i (laughs) i but that's why you're so ahead of everybody else no like my word i didn't get many words ahead right like (laughs) (laughs) it just took all day to get all of those words out um uh and but but it was so fun to like be writing all day uh-huh. It was frustrating, but um, I was legitimately like, oh, I so wish that I was like, <laughs> at the cup of tea and just sitting there and writing all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> and then last night I um, met up with some friends um, and one of my friends read over what I have so far and um, she's used to reading sci-fi, which is what I'm writing. So she gave me a lot of helpful feedback, not only on like what I'm doing well, but on what would help the story and um, what characters aren't likable enough yet and stuff like that. Um, and so it got me super pumped to write today. And then I still didn't have enough words last night. And so I got home and wrote until midnight and then didn't fall asleep until one. And so then I woke up this morning brain dead and only wrote like a hundred so words today so far. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> nice. 
R.A.P. Kali's mind. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. You got a lot of writing in. You deserve <laughs> a rest. But okay, I'm excited to go through them. Yeah. Uh, Kali, did you post yours in a Google Doc? I did not. You should do that. And then share it with us. With us. So we can look through them. Who would like to go first? Not me. <laughs> it's not showing that anything was shared with me. Uh, I posted a link in, in, the Zoom, in chat. Zoom chat for mine. Which I can't get to because I'm on my phone. Oh, sorry. Here. <laughs> I'll post it in the Christian Artist page. <laughs> so as a, a random side note while we're doing this i found a youtube channel that does a lot of like covers of like instrumental songs um and like beethoven and like your lion april and like lyrical songs like again from full metal Alchemist brotherhood a bunch of crazy stuff like that mm -hmm. um and it does like piano covers of all of them and it was awesome to listen to while I was uh, writing. That's what I did today while I was writing. Um, so I just listened to a bunch of random covers of songs like that. Because I felt like the piano was very much so like the... Um, I felt like the piano was very much the instrument of this of this book. Sure. As well as like vocals. Not not vocals and like, like lyrical vocals, but like, you know, like... Oh. <laughs> like choir so, uh, yeah that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> um so just throwing that out there if you guys haven't found something that uh yeah i've just been listening to a playlist called atmospheric sci-fi soundtracks nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i've had a i've had a soundtrack for to look skyward for four years now yeah. um <laughs> that i just keep listening to over and over again i didn't keep adding things that. to you every once in a while when I listen to a thing and I'm like, oh, that sounds like Chalk Skyward. I just put it in there. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to a lot more music than I usually do. Because um, I've recently been listening to, like, not recently, but like before we started NaNoWriMo. I listened to a whole bunch of, like, like podcasts and role-playing game shows and all that stuff. And that's usually what I listen to. But now I've just started listening to music a lot. Just a lot of instrumental music because I'm constantly just thinking about this book. And yeah, it's helping because <laughs> I'm just in that mode constantly, which is great. I'm trying to. That too instead. Uh, I'll I'll do it for you. Okay. Did you do it like can comment? I don't know. Uh, go to the share. Okay. On it, right, and then right. like go to the link. Oh, and then comment. yep, and then. Can I do can edit? Should I do can edit or? Just do can comment. Okay. Okay. And post that in there. Again. Okay. Cool. Oh wait. It looks like the same exact link. It might be. And then there's Connors. <clears throat> Can you comment? Let me see. Okay. 
Uh, no, because it's a doc instead of a Google Doc. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I could probably open it with a Google Doc. Uh, maybe I can't. Nope, I can't. Well, looks like I'm going to have to go on a killing spree. <laughs> Sorry, I should have told you all to do this before we went on. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You guys have mine, right? Yep. Okay, cool. I'm just wondering... Oh, here. Here we go. I'm just wondering how many people that are listening to this got that reference of looks like I'm going to have to go on a killing spree. I'm guessing zero. Zero. Because there are zero <laughs> people listening. Oh, there you go. Um, Actually, hey. that's a lie. There's like one person listening. Hey! Is it you? No. Oh. Zane Kyber. What's up, Zane? He's been on a couple times. Cool. Or she, I Welcome, guess. Welcome, Mr. Dude. Or Mr. Sheep. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cup of noodle? <clears throat> okay. Alright, who's going first? Uh, it's either you or me, I guess. It's up to you. Do you want to go first? or? <laughs> Man, we both said it's up to you at the same exact time. Sure, I'll go first. Okay. I, I, mean, I feel like yours is going to be the best, so. <laughs> wow. Probably's written more than I have, so I'm assuming mine's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with yours and then work off of. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> uh, okay. So what am I doing? Reading the first page? Uh here, yeah, let me let me get onto this correct <clears throat> overlay. Kaboom. Um, alright. So Yeah. Let's test something real quick. Um, oops. Oh no, I did a thing. Hmm. I've just made everyone me in this overlay, unfortunately. I don't know how to <laughs> fix that. Uh, well, yeah. While I do that. Uh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm trying to, uh. trying to figure out if I can... I'll make funny slurping sounds, okay? Ready? That is lovely. There you go. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so... Go ahead and read the first page. All right. <clears throat> We're here, Linus said, pulling the horse to a stop. You can take it off now. Evanari pulled the blind hole. 
Evanari pulled the blindfold off of his face, revealing the colossal structure known as the Temple of Water right before him. Linus pulled herself off of the horse and reached out her hand to help Evanari to do the same. Evanari noticed but was too distracted to acknowledge it. This was it. The temple that could be traced back farther than Evanari could trace back his own family's lineage. It was weathered or worn, but looks, but like his books had described, it was crafted with white stone. It had a massively large base, one that seemed to have grown down into the ground. The higher up you went, the more it branched out, almost like a tree, but with far less branches and a much bigger tree than one could even imagine. Long enclosed walkways connected tall spires, the spindly little things touching nothing in the clear sky, but Evanari thought that the clouds might obscure more than the tips on a different day. Behind it was the barrier pure energy, calmed and condensed. Had it always rippled like that, Evanari thought. It was like staring at a white ocean from the sky. It went up past the temple as if to defy it and the sun itself. But of course, Evanari thought, the sun shines right through it, without so much as a shadow. I guess the sun wins that battle. Praise God, he smiled. The temple, on the other hand, cast a shadow so tall and big that it seemed to devour the land to the west. Linda shuffled clearly growing impatient. Sorry, Evanari said, taking her hand and letting her help him down. It's just so much to take in, Linus grinned. It is, she said. It is, she said. It's, it's just that the meeting is very soon, considering we still have to find our way to the meeting room inside. She laughed a little, more out of courtesy than genuine enjoyment. You're right, Evanari said. Let's get going. They took a few steps toward the gate, massive contraption hanging open inventatingly, it, wow. Invitingly. Invitingly. <laughs> Thank you so much for your direction and protection, by the way. Linus paused. Let's just not talk the rest of the way, she said. Evanari frowned. You seem like a really nice guy, but the fake kindness is starting to annoy me. No offense. <laughs> huh? He thought. Oh, please, she said. All religious men act the same to me, and I see right through it. You just want to convert me. So let's just cut the niceties and get this over with. They stepped inside the building, revealing a large entryway with halls and stairs leading in just about every direction. There were signs informing the way, but they were written in a language Evanari couldn't understand. Linus walked towards the staircase, and Evanari followed. Before I explain myself, Evanari said, can I ask you, if I truly believe the truth that I follow is really the truth, wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to fix that. <laughs> and if I am confident and satisfied living for my God, why would I not want to convert you? Or why would I not want to convert you? Surely it can't be so bad. That's the first page. On this Google Doc, it's like the first four pages, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, for real? Yeah. Because <laughs> you have like two blank pages. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, oh. it formatted it weird. Oh, yeah, no, that is the, uh... Uh, no, that's the first page. Yeah, that's the, that's the first page of what I've actually written. Yeah. Right, I, I'm just saying, in the Google Doc, it's, like, really oh, yeah. weirdly formatted, so it's, no, it, like... It's, it, is, it is on page four. It's fine. It's on page <laughs> four. I did that myself. Anyway, what'd you guys think? I honestly really, really liked it. Yeah. Like, it was really, Connor, like, it, you, you, like, thinking about what your writing was like before, <laughs> like, when you, <laughs> like, think, because I've, I've, like, seen all of the stuff that you've written, 
And like, I can see the progression of it. And this is like, honestly, your best. I mean, you've gotten a lot better. It's it's really, really, really nice. Did you think that the talking was awkward? No, I thought the dialogue was really good. No, it was really good. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want you to. I want to read just a little bit more to see if this is because this is what I really wanted uh, feedback on. I'm not sure if this is just weird or if it's. I mean, yeah, you don't have that much here, so you could just read the rest. Yeah, that's fine. The rest. Uh, maybe not. Okay, maybe not the rest. Actually, I'm looking. <laughs> okay. But like, yeah, up to where you maybe want want to stop. Okay. Well, where were we so, at? Uh, just at the end of page four. I'll read the last line again. Yep. Oh please, she said. All religious men act the same to me, and I see right through it. You just want to convert me. So let's just cut the niceties and get this over with. They stepped inside the building, revealing a large entryway with halls and stairs leading in just about every direction. There were signs informing the way, but they were written in a language Evanari couldn't understand. Linus walked towards a staircase, and Evanari followed. Before I explain myself, Evanari said. Uh... Can I ask you, if I truly believe the truth that I follow is really the truth, and if I am confident and satisfied living for my God, why would I not want to convert you? Surely it can't be so bad. It's not because of your religion. It's because you don't even see me as a person. To you, I'm just a thing to be one. You're like a prideful young boy on the prowl for some, <coughs> she coughed, female prey, if you know what I mean. Are you referring to sex? Evanari said. Linus blushed. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to mention that in front of you. Evan already stopped. Why don't you see me as a person? She frowned. Wait, wait a second. I'm a little confused there. Who was talking? Okay, yeah. This, this... That's why. This is specifically why I wanted to. You, right. Okay. So, so I need Evanari. Oh, so remind me again. Who who is our, our Evanari and Linus? Who are the who, like? Who is who? Evanari is the guy. Linus is the girl. Okay, and so did did Evanari say sorry? I didn't mean to mention that in front of you. Yes. Okay. Um, rule of thumb to remember: always start a new paragraph when someone different is speaking. Um, I thought right. I did. Subject of the sentence. No. So, um, but it's it's the subject. Yes. Exactly. You you okay, need. That's what I was trying to figure yeah. We need to know definitively who is talking. You could. You could say, um, like for example, you could do you could do um, Linish blu- Linus blushed. Oh, I guess I'm editing this. Um, <laughs> oh, I. Yeah, sorry, I'm fixing it on the other. Or I guess you can't. Doc you wouldn't want to do it like that. But okay, so in this, you would want to be like this. Correct. Yeah, that would be fine. Um, but to make it even. Actually, no, that that's fine. Yeah, it's just a matter of making sure that we know who for sure who's talking, especially in dialogue like this. That's yeah. back and forth really quickly. Yeah. Um, always have a different different paragraph for what one person is doing and then the, what the next person is doing um so if i didn't say sorry i didn't mean to mention that in front of you linus said at the end of that that would be fine because it's just two people talking uh wait so evanari said sorry i didn't mean to mention that in front of you correct no linus said that <laughs> but you said the opposite before wait what no that's what you, i i that's what i asked you before and you said the opposite oh uh, so Linus, the woman, said, "Sorry, I didn't mean to mention that in front of you." Yes. Okay, then you're fine. So I should put Linus said or no? No, then then make it the way it was before. It's. Oh, I should go. Linus blushed and then keep it yep. there. Yes. Oh. Because that works perfect. I I was I was I was just under the impression that Evanari said like are like are you referring to sex? Sorry, I didn't oh, mean to mention that in front of you. 
No, okay, yeah, perfect. Okay, that's, then, that's that, then I, it's perfect. That's what I thought, but then I was like, okay, I'm not sure. If no, that's... then it's perfect because okay. Linus blushed. Um, see, it, it's honestly just confusing to me because it seems like something that Evan Nari would say after that because he was the one who just men- mentioned it, not her. Well, yes and no. It's it's she referred to sex, right? But, but do, saying yeah. saying something like, um, and this is just a nitpick, but you know, saying something like, uh, like it's not a nitpick, but, um, so rich female prey, if you know what I mean. Are you referring to sex? Um, Linus blushed. Well, like say something maybe like, well, I was hoping that the conversation wouldn't go that direction, but like something like that because. She's not like I don't know why she would apologize in this situation. Um, it's just an awkward sentence um, in terms of because it, it it does sound like Evanari would be the one to say that, not not Linus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you talking like personality wise or just like no, just in terms of like gram- grammar and like how? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just makes okay. it seem well, like. I'll I'll fix this later. Then I'm gonna put. Yeah, that's fine. Just. Oops. There you go. <clears throat> but yeah, as, as long as Linus blushed, as long as Linus is the one talking there, um, it, that Linus blushed is totally a fine way to start. Like, okay. it has a beat before dialogue. We just have to make sure we know who's talking before one. Okay, so then, so then, uh, Evan already stopped. Why don't you see me as a person? She frowned. So wait, who like talked, who just talked right there? Evan Okay. Um, and so, then he continues talking. You treat I, me like a child. If I do Evanari, yes. Should I do Evanari stopped? Yes. Up here, and then she frowned down here. Um. Yeah. And then let's see. It would be. Why don't you see me as a person? She frowned. And you could do it. Do it like that. Um. Uh. Let's see. I'm trying to think of a more eloquent way to do that. Um, uh, another point of reference that I think I saw a couple of times. Um, so when dialogue ends like that right here, um, and it's just like Evanari said, always put a comma as, as the last punctuation, um, because it's, that's one sentence. So like you treat me like a child that you can't use the word sex around Evanari said, that's one sentence. Oh, right. Okay. Um, whereas if you did, um, let's see, there's something further up here. Um, yeah, well, well, you always want to... I mean, you've done that most of the time. Yeah, you've done that most of the time. Yeah. That's just but, a... Yeah. yeah, I meant, like, b- before when I was writing before. I That was something I always forgot to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anytime there's, like, a beat like that that just says, Evan already said, or he thought, you always... You, you never capitalize, like, the he, yeah. if it's a, a pronoun, or right. you never put a period there. You could do... If, if you were saying, like, say... Um, say you put Linus blushed at the end of this her her line there like sorry i didn't mean to mention that in front of you and then just period and then linus blushed that that could also work that's kind of awkward just because of the way that sentence is but that's also a a way of doing it if if they're doing an action that's not necessarily related to them speaking then you can put a period there but okay anyway okay all right so back to Mm -hmm. back to this okay so why don't you see me as a person she frowned you should be like a child that you can't use the word sex around, Evanari said. I think you're assuming I'm like some other priest you've met before, and you're trying to convert me to your way of living and thinking. 
Evanari laughed and started walking again. Linus followed reluctantly. I think maybe we both... I think we should... Uh, goodness gracious. I think maybe we should both think a little better of one another. Evanari looked right at her. But I thank you sincerely for your honesty. I feel like I maybe was coming off a bit fake before. But I assure you, I meant every word. If you really feel that we shouldn't talk, that's fine by me. I really want to enjoy this place while I can. Linus laughed. You're all right, Evanari, she said. You're all right. She paused. Actually, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear more about your religion. That was a very strange change in tone, Evanari thought, but nevertheless started sharing with her how and why he lived the way he did as they walked further into the exquisite masterpiece that was the Temple of Water. Yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah, yeah so then, so uh, there is a reason as to why there was a specific change in tone there and the reason why this, uh, her character seems a little odd. Um, okay, yeah. But I uh, just want to specifically yeah, that's fine. I I wasn't sure if if that just seemed weird or if that seemed natural that conversation. No, yeah, it was fine. It, yeah, knowing that like she's a little odd, it's totally fine. Um I think it was mainly just like the reason I had such an issue with the Linus blushed part was because when you said the line, it sounded more like Evanari's voice than the Linus's voice, so I was just confused momentarily. Yeah, I but I that's, tried to differentiate. Nope, the that's fine. Yeah, that's just the way you said. Like I, I, th I think just someone reading it would probably not be as confused as I was. So. Right. I can't. I can't do a female voice unless it's British. <laughs> <laughs> so. So so remind me again who what's like happening in this scene. So Evanari is who. Is Evanari the uh, main guy? We never talked about him last week. He didn't exist until I started. Oh. Okay, so uh, give me a second then. Uh, so raid this like this whole like little prologue thing before here. Yeah. Um, did you you read that right? No. You didn't read that. No, I didn't catch that. Okay. Oops. <laughs> That's why I was confused, I guess, because I. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention when you were first starting to read because I was trying to fix the uh, little overlays. So I, I assume that we are, that's where we were at first. Okay. Um, so, so then we don't know any, either of these characters, is what you're saying? Nope. These two characters are both entirely off the top of my head. Okay. And, but the temple of water is like the place where the barrier is and all that stuff. So we do yes. know that much. So okay. The, the temple of water is the building they created around the fountain. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is this is the place where they're about to meet. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, do you not want us to know who these people are yet? Until we actually like, read it? Um, I mean, it might be a fun reveal, but I, I, I kind of want a little bit of feedback on that as well. Um, so Evanari is going to be... Uh, well, so, so Linus is uh, the person who is kind of like uh raids like lackey in a sense um they're all uh, is raid the main so, character yeah raid's the main character um oh yeah i didn't i didn't even name him before i forgot about that yeah raid is the main i really character. like that name especially yeah. the way you spell it yeah yeah w a cool. uh, sorry w r a i d yeah raid it's good um so so he's the main character that's the gray guy um and Evanari is going to be his priest and the priest of like the whole school. So when he's training people, he's going to be the guy that is uh, not only exploring the uh, legend about um, 
what's it called the uh, the incarnates, but also trying to teach them how to embody those traits um, by using like holy words is what he calls like their scripture, and and like teaching them. So, uh, you guys remember who's the, who's the, who's doing this? What? Who's doing this? Evanari. Evanari is gonna be doing okay. this for Rave. Right. And, okay. So he's gonna be kind of like the uh, what's it called? Uh, the the character from Robin Hood, Friar Tuck. He's yeah, really yeah. The Friar Tuck of to raise Robin Hood. The raise Robin. Okay, Hood. cool. <laughs> so that's it. that's kind of the plan for that. Is he's gonna? So uh, he was brought here to be to, uh, and then Raid. I haven't even ri- written this part yet, but Raid is going to be like, "Hey, you! I want you to be like our priest and like teach teach these kids how to yeah, um, you know, do whatever, and also keep me accountable to like, hey, you know." Uh, you know, I, I like he, he pretty much just wants somebody else there who is of good rapport that he can, you know, bank on to keep him, uh, you know, whatever. Does that sound like interesting? Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, now that I'm actually like looking at the context of the sentence that I was weirded up by <laughs> before, it makes a lot more sense now because I'm realizing like, oh, he's a priest. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But again, I yeah. just I wasn't paying attention yeah, sorry, at first sorry, I because that in, in front of you is that you're talking about that again. Yep. So it makes yeah, so it that, makes that total was, sense. That was why yep. she said it. So yep, it that makes total sense. sense. Yep. Okay, so I don't even have to change the sentence. No, no, it's totally totally. <laughs> good. I I it was just my fault for not paying attention at first when you were reading it because I was trying to fix the overlay, so I, I lost okay. a little bit of context. Yep, you're okay. good. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was it or if I was just gonna. You're good. I've been I've been trying to do I'm I'm thinking I'm doing really good at, at showing rather than telling. Yep, you're doing a great job. Okay. 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 All right, I'm good. Uh, I you haven't gotten to any of the good parts yet, so. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how I feel about the page that will probably go through mine too, but. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Um, Carly, you want to go next? I guess so. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know, because my, like, this whole scene is kind of long, so I don't know where to, like, right. stop it. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to start right at the beginning, then, if you wanted to start. Well, I mean, no, it's probably best to start at the beginning, because or else we'll lose the context of, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just start going and then see where we end up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm gonna skip the little prologue part for now because uh, I Caleb, don't think it's the link of it super so important to this. Uh, it's uh, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Sorry, Carly. <laughs> it's fine. Dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> Opening credit scene. Everybody <laughs> get to see my Facebook. Okay, put it in the Christian artist chat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I got it. We're good. Okay. So I'm starting at the beginning of chapter one. So not the prologue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I could read the prologue, but I don't know. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
Drew's eyes threatened to shut as she peered between the shades between the shades and onto the dark, shrouded streets of Adonis from her bed. A single street lamp dimly illuminated the block. It was nearly 1 a.m. Her red hair sat in a bun atop her head, and a pair of shorts and, t- and a t-shirt provided the comfort of pajamas. Ava, her younger sister of 15 years, slept blissfully in her bed and in her bed on the other side of the room, chest moving up and down rhythmically like steady waves washing on the shore. Ava's face was cocooned in a curly mass of brown hair. Drew hadn't even tried to sleep tonight. Too many anxious thoughts ran, ran through her mind. She knew she wouldn't be able to. Niles is gone. Sure, she had hopes to see him again, but right now those three words haunted her, echoing in the space between her ears. Drew stood and walked out of the room, quickly finding herself in the living space of the small home and heading for the door. She opened it as slow as possible, but the old hunk of metal screamed for someone's attention, sending a loud creak into the dark chamber of the building and out into the street. Stepping through the doorway and closing it slower behind her, its hinges made no further effort to be heard. The street lamp flickered on and off, catching floating particles of dust in its beam and then plunging the street back into darkness. Stepping out with bare feet onto the cold stone, she sat on the first step of the porch, looking from side to side at the identical structures lining the block. She glanced up, suddenly overwhelmed by the number of stars above her. Adonis's spokes obscured some of her view, but the otherwise transparent dome lended itself well to stargazing. She searched the sky for a prominent light, tilting her head and finding it directly above her. Orion City glowed with a faint orange, differentiating the space station from the stars. Niles was up there, and she was down here. There was a way to change that, but Drew knew her strengths, and Orion City would never want them. Tears formed in her eyes. The flickering lamp... I lost my place. (laughs) Um, The flickering lamp displaying their green tint from a distance. She stared at the orange orb, forcing the tears to follow gravity's path and not run down her face. The The street retreated to black again. She stood from the stone steps and returned inside, sliding the door's lock shut and making certain to not wake her mother on her way through the narrow hall, she re-entered her room. Drew pulled a stool up to her desk and turned on the light. The hanging bulb radiated a dim, pulsing glow throughout the room, not enough to wake up Ava, but just enough for her to work. A small metal drawer rolled open when she unlatched it, revealing a compact black notebook resting atop a large, larger brown leather journal. The desk was a slab of metal with wobbly legs and a few drawers her father had added on underneath. It used to be his desk, but its body and contents became hers when her mother saw her passion for creating. At seven years old, it was promptly moved from her mother's room to Drew's. Drew knew it was partially because her mother couldn't bear looking at the desk with no one sitting at it anymore, but it was more of a comfort to her than anything that she had her old, old man's workstation. I think that's a good place to stop. Okay, yeah. She had at her old man's workstation, is that what... Yeah. No, well, yeah. no, uh, it was more of a comfort to her than anything that she had her old man's work. Yeah. Station. Oh, 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 yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's really, really good, Carly. Thanks. <laughs> super, super good. I made two... I, I especially love the line of uh, stepping through the doorway and closing it slower behind her. Its hinges made no further effort to be heard. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Wait, where was that again? Up here. The, yeah, the end of the page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I made two just minor notes on the first bit there, just in terms of grammar. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for for the most, you're never going to want to write out a number unless it's like a long number. Yeah. Or it's like at a specific time, like 115. Um, Yeah. 
and then this would actually would be mm. I think yeah. it would still be that confused but then yeah also that was like a <laughs> a clause there on its own so uh yeah i'm trying to i actually don't know what you're supposed to do about like an am let's see are you supposed to have two periods or just one is that what you're trying to figure out with a period oops well <laughs> That's not what came up on my Google search. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Google is a dangerous. Yeah, place. I, I don't. Really, I don't realize. I, I don't really know why I would have written that out. And not real. Not expected that to end up. Um. Let's see. Um. What's kind of the like uh, conclusion of this? this scene here um well the part that i didn't read kind of goes more into that but this scene is kind of to set up um like how the problem of the story makes her feel and why she wants to change it so much okay but it also provides a lot of information about the character herself yeah i know i really liked it Yay! <laughs> it had a lot of really good, uh, subtle character moments that were pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. It's nice to know that the character isn't in denials about her chances <laughs> of getting enough. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> so you read other stuff. <laughs> Oh wait, never mind. No, I, I, just, I thought no, that like yeah, like I've totally yeah. said his name before. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> For some reason I thought I didn't. Yeah. Uh yeah. So you do chapters so from good. Niles' point of view too, up in the space station? Yes. Girl, that's genius. <laughs> Thanks. So what's the what's the contrast there? Like what's going on with him? Um, they're both learning things at the same time, but ultimately Drew um, like he is going to come to the understanding that he never should have left. And okay. she eventually comes to the understanding that she doesn't want to leave anymore. Hmm. So are they going to end up together at the end then? I'm not sure yet. I'm actually in the process of deciding whether uh -huh. I'm going to kill him or not. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm excited to read it. Dang, man, I'm excited to read both of your books. This is going to be great. <laughs> Was there anything since, I mean, that's what I did is ask for specific feedback on a specific thing. Is there something that you thought was awkward in, in a, a scene? Um, I mean, this is the first scene that I wrote um, that I thought was super, like, at first I thought it was super like angsty and just her being like oh this thing that I can't control like uh, it sucks but um and I think I helped that with a few other scenes like kind of contrasting that and having her determined to actually change it but I'm not sure yeah. if it still comes off super like angsty teenager 
I think you it, want it to come off angsty teenager because that I mean a little bit, yeah, but not so much it, that it's like annoying. I think it had a good amount of angsty teenager. Okay. In the cool. Page. I mean, it might get worse as you go on here in these <laughs> chapters, yeah, and but from what we read, I I think think it had a good amount of angsty teenager. Um, because yeah, right, like it was her like. You know, being angsty and going outside and like looking up at the stars, but then she went back inside <laughs> and then was starting to do stuff. And she wasn't being like mopey; she was just she actually was like proactive and she started to do something. So yeah, yeah, that's important. Cool stuff. Awesome. I guess it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. Okie dokie. Y'all have my link. Yep. Yeah, I have yours open. You starting at the top? I've already watched you write most of this, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll start at the top. Anonymous Hyena? Who is that, Carly? What? I think it is, yeah. Your your name is Anonymous Hyena? You're the pink? No. Oh, well, I know that you're the pink. Yeah, sometimes it shows that for people randomly i don't know that's interesting oh so because your name is not a name on here for some reason you're anonymous hyena all right sounds good <laughs> all righty the boy floated above the world he let the wind tickle his face as he leaned out over the edge of the railing as if tempting the empty air Kirlon loved the freedom of being in the clouds the way he could clear his mind forget all of his worry allowing it to drift away on the breeze it was one of the main things that had drawn him to become a speaker in the first place. It wasn't the only reason, of course, but it was one of the nicer perks. The only thing that was spoiling the whole moment right now was the itchiness in his neck as the collar of his Tana rubbed up against it. He hoped that the full Tanas that the real speakers got to wear were more comfortable. The sound of laughter came from behind him and he turned from where he stood on the deck to see the other initiates playing Milan in the lounge. The door was slid open and he was reminded of the stack of books he'd have been ignoring. Works on history, law, sociology, and linking sat next to the portal, condemning him by being closed. Kirlan sighed and took one last look out over the city of Argason, running a hand through his black curls. The two peaks glistened at the snow, with the snow at their tips, and stood like a father's strong arm, sheltering him in their solidity. Their inward slopes were carved in paired symmetry with row after row of buildings and terraces for growing spirith, built into the rock like it was the time-warm canvas of a god. Kirlan smiled as he traced the lines in his mind. He loved this city and all of the beauty it held. More than that, he was a part of it, part of the symbiosis of man in the mountains that kept Argosan alive. The wind picked up slightly, and he felt the gentle rock and sway of the initiate's quarters as it pulled on its tethers. One of the boys at the Milan board suddenly yelled in anger, while others groaned. Kirlan patted the railing and headed inside. You cheated, one of the boys accused. Perticus, a tall, broad-shouldered initiate with short-cropped hair. I saw you cheat! They were sitting in opposite chairs, facing a hexagonal board with smaller engraved hexes where pieces could be set. I didn't cheat, the other boy said calmly, putting away the carved stone game pieces into a wooden box. That would be Zetes, a wiry boy with dark hair, arguably the smartest of them all. You just didn't read the rules well enough. The initiates, all young men around 14 like Kirillon, were wearing plain gray tannas like his own, pale imitations of the real thing, more like a recluse's robes than anything. And most were still huddled around the board, muttering to each other about the results. That left the rest of the room, which included a few divans and some cushions set around a short table, as well as a few bookshelves, decidedly empty. Kirlan waved at Perticus as they locked eyes. Tough luck, Kirlan said, grimacing in sympathy. Perticus grunted. Yeah, yeah, well I tried anyway. This little wall crab just likes being a know-it-all. And then just to finish out like the, the bit here. 
They both looked at ZTs, who just shrugged. He didn't read the rules. Kirlon grinned and imitated the shrug back at Perdiccas. You didn't read the rules. Perdiccas grunted again in annoyance, and that made them all laugh. Shouldn't you be studying anyway, Kir? Perdiccas said as he stood up. Um, Kirlon winced and tried to look ashamed. Yeah, probably. Then he raised an eyebrow at Perdiccas. Shouldn't you? Your initiation is tomorrow. That's tomorrow, Perdiccas said. Today's today, and that means it's your day, not mine. I can start worrying about it when I hear the bells. Kirlon smiled at him. Hearing the bells meant that a new speaker had been initiated. It didn't ring every day this during this time of year. Perdiccas has a stubborn streak about him, but he was always there to offer a kind word of encouragement whenever one was needed. And that's probably a good place to stop. It's so good. Shanku. What do you guys think? It's good. Any parts that felt weird or awkward? No, it seems like very genuine 14-year-old no. voice. <laughs> cool. That's good. I totally have a mental picture of what this place looks like. So Awesome. Okay, that's, that's, <laughs> that's honestly one of the, the whole things I was worried about. I went back through today and actually added in some um some extra yeah. blocking and things to help get a better mental picture of that because i felt like it was lacking before but yeah it's good to hear that, that, that you can actually kind of see what this looks like yeah. <laughs> cool awesome well yeah i have nine pages it's good probably just got 14 and i have four <laughs> well do we have do we have the same like font size mine's 12 oh we have the same font size but maybe not the same font so that might be a slight difference yeah mine is 12 time new, times new roman yeah so is mine so we have this the same sitch but you i don't want to make my whole document times new roman no, to fine. compare <laughs> i mean you could just do it real quick and then change it back uh. just to see if it changes <laughs> Like you could literally, yeah, you could literally press like Control Z and it would just undo it. You could also just here. Wait, here I can. I can probably actually. <laughs> Uh, so it's like, what was it? One page less? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was 13 pages when it was Times New Roman. But I also don't have, um, I feel, I feel pretty confident about mine because I also don't have, uh, um, any like chapter heading stuff in this doc. So <laughs> that's cool. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Was there a specific part that you thought was weird that you needed up on? Um, you were worried that you wouldn't have a, a, a like a picture of the the room. I think. Is yeah. That was part of it. Uh, do you think? Um, let's see. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, so like, it it was honestly that bit at the beginning there is probably the most. Well, that I was most worried about just because it was the first thing I wrote and it still right. felt it feels bad it, it feels a lot like it felt pretty good reading that out and then hearing it out and I was like okay this actually is uh, was okay but like 
the first several times I read through it, like after writing, I was just like, this is the worst. I hate all of this because I, it was such a struggle to read it or to write it. So it didn't flow as naturally. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with, uh, with the rest of it. So, well, cool. I can't wait until you guys can read my book too. <laughs> That'll be cool. Uh, cool. Anything else you wanna we wanna go through or talk about? Um, was there a spot that you wanted us to go through, Connor? Another spot or anything like that? I mean, I really want to read the. Uh... <laughs> how raid walks into the room mm -hmm. <laughs> am i allowed that without reading the rest of it uh sure yeah that's fine where is what what part of it of it is this uh let's see page i mean it'd be it would be very easy for me to just read the rest of it yeah that's fine just do it we, we got time are you guys sure mm-hmm because then, because then, then, then you guys would be obligated to do that with yours as well. I mean, so. we wouldn't have to, but if we have we time, to. I would love to read another scene of mine. Because yeah, sure. I mean, it's I kind of proud of. And I kind of want to do sure the same. The, yeah, the same <laughs> so impact, let's so. just all do another round. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what we're doing. I guess. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, because I honestly just want like y'all to read through the entire thing that I have written so far, but that's yeah. a lot. Okay. So same. That was a strange change in tone, Evanari thought, but nevertheless started sharing with her how and why he lived the way he did as they walked further into the exquisite masterpiece that was the Temple of Water. With every room he saw, he wanted to go explore, and Linus allowed him to twice, but it still wasn't enough. Everything was made with such care and extravagance. Everything was this, um, ah, crap, used the word everything twice. Um, it was all this, uh... It was all, well, it's, not, it's, a, it's even not just a hard sentence to correct. Um, it was all made with the same white stone that had been seen from outside. The tapestries and paintings were ancient in taste and practice. Some were confusing, but all were intriguing. Every room, every hallway, even every ceiling seemed bigger than it needed to be. It was almost too much. So, Lennis interrupted, let's stay with, there was a man who was kind of half and half. Well, what do you mean? Evanari said. Well, you said there was good and evil, but what about something in between? Evanari chose his words carefully. I don't believe there is something neutral. I think from what we have from the Holy Words that if someone seemed neutral, they were really just confused about what they truly wanted. So what would you say to him? That's an oddly specific question, he thought. I would... I would ask him questions, try to help him understand what he really wanted and where he stood with God. And well, I'd be hopeful and try to see the best in him. I'm certain I've made horrible mistakes as well. So I would treat him as an equal. At least that's what I hope I'd do. Linus looked him over for a moment, pausing in front of a large door. I hope so too, she said, and then opened the door. Every other room almost seemed claustrophobic compared to the incredible height and length of this one. They stood out, they stepped out onto what appeared to be the balcony overlooking the room beneath. 
The balcony carried thousands of seats, and the room beneath was empty save for several large pillars that stood strong all the way to the ceiling. The floor was marble, holding only one table that would normally have appeared to be quite big, but the size was nevertheless drowned out. Seated at the table were several individuals talking about the return of the end of the world. Evanari and Linus took their seats on the balcony and listened in while Linus informed him of who was present as each person spoke in turn. You can't possibly expect us to trust you after you uh, after the sabotage you've done against our cities, said Tavania, who looks not a day older than 20. I'd rewrite that real quick. I'd rewrite that sentence to be, you can't possibly expect us to trust you after you've sabotaged our cities. Like, after the sabotage you've done against our cities? Just an overly it's, long way. She's referring way. to something in the past. Not after the way you sabotaged our cities. Okay. Okay. I agree. Right. It's just, it's you're taking more words to say something that can be said in less. Yep. I wonder if it's probably. NaNoWriMo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's fair. Trust it's really nice because one of my characters often avoids contractions. It's. it's <laughs> See, I don't, I don't, I don't fall for petty tricks like that. I just have to, <laughs> have to churn out the words like a regular human being. Okay, you can't possibly expect us to trust you after you've sabotaged our cities," said Tavania, who looked not a day older than twenty. Linus explained that she was the queen of Galanthia and that her age was 17. Your city, said Rialt, king of the Meltagonan Isles, his unruly beard managing to partly muffle his voice. You mean the cities your ancestors conquered from mine? Their kingdoms have some bad blood, Linus said. That was all done in the best interest of humanity, said Coronari, member of the Order of Resting Waters. His spectacled eyes carefully focused on each person as they talked. And this, Yellick said, the representative for Hathri, king of Thelonia. He was a rotund short man with much hair underneath his nose, but little on his head. How does this benefit humanity? I see only how this benefits your organization. Coronari paused only for a second before a noise sounded beneath the balcony. Everyone's eyes were drawn to it, and Linus smiled. What is that? Evanari said. That would be Raid, Linus said. The gray-haired Raid stepped into view from the balcony, radiating and pulsing with energy. Every footstep left a faint mark of it before dissipating, and the air behind him crackled with it. Despite its untamed state, it looked almost exactly the same as the energy from the barrier itself, but the color wasn't as pure. It was tainted, like the ashes from a dead fire, but he held the room's attention like a burning one. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's so good. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was that's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he walked over to the empty seat next to the spectacled Coronari and sat down in it. Uh, real quick, though, I think to make that that line even better, um, uh, because you're you're talking about the energy, and then you suddenly like change topic to talk about him himself. Uh, wording it like it was tainted like the ashes from a dead fire but raid himself held the room's attention like a burning one okay yep nice i'm i'm changing it on my personal document yep i know <laughs> on there. okay he walked over to the empty seat next to the spectacled coronari and sat down in it well 
That took you long enough, Coronari said with condemning eyes. I fear this would have gone much smoother having the meeting start with the glowing man this meeting is all about already present. <laughs> I had to take care of a personal matter, Raid said, his gaze staving off Coronari, sharper than any Okay, Aizawa. <laughs> he turned and looked at the rest of them, energy still emanating from his gray clothing, stopping to stare at each one. Please, let's continue, he said finally. Uh, so remember, um, when you when you have a, a sentence like that, do the comma and then the non-capitalized he. Please let's continue. Yeah, please let's continue. He said finally. That's just one sentence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The energy faded, and his clothes returned to what he had to what he assumed was their original to Evanari to what Evanari assumed. Didn't think about that. To what Evanari assumed was their original color, brown and red the same colors that Coronari wore. His hair did the same and darkened to a jet black. Everyone was silent for a moment. Have you asked for their incarnates yet? Raid said. I have, yes, Coronari said. But they haven't agreed. I'm curious to hear their answer now. He spoke up a bit, reasserting his authoritative presence. This is Raid, and he'll be the one to train your incarnates. Or more specifically, your martyrs. And why should we trust this man to train them? The bearded Rialt said. Coronari opened his mouth to speak, but Raid acted first. He jumped several feet in straight into the air, energy reigniting his body and the color of his clothes and hair aging to the gray that they saw before. He landed hard on the table, his fist crashing with energy. A deep sound popped and echoed through the chambers as the energy released out of his body blowing papers into the air and cracking the middle of the table. It was a force unlike anything Anari had ever seen, and he hadn't noticed his gasp until he noticed the look on Linus's face. Coronari just sighed. Uh, I want to say <laughs> until he noticed the amused look. The amused You've look. also used the word notice okay. twice in, in a row there. Um, yeah, it was a force unlike anything Anari had, had ever seen, oh, and he hadn't yep, noticed yep, yep. his gasp until he... Saw. Until he saw the amused look on Linus's face. Yeah. There we go. Coronari just sighed. Raid stood slowly and triumphantly, his arm generating a shield. The energy had looked the same before, but this was undoubtedly the same power as the barrier. He raised it in front of himself and with his other arm, condensed energy in the palm of his hand. It rattled and hummed and then snapped as Ray thrust his palm forward, firing the energy across the room. Heads jerked to watch as his as his as what as it as it made its way past several pillars before finally dissipating back into wisps raid lowered his shield i spelled shield wrong wow and it faded back into the crackling energy around his body everyone stared dumbfounded at the power before them and the man that contained it so when he spoke a moment later they listened I am both martyr and murder, the first and most powerful incarnate of this new generation. The barrier is fading, and with it, its power. The fountain is filling back up, and I have drunk it through death and the taking of life. When that barrier fades, uh, when that barrier fades completely, the unknown will be upon us, and it will tear what we have from our cold dead fingers. I want to keep our people safe. 
I want to train our martyrs, not only to fight against the murders that will be that will also be appearing on this side of the barrier, but also to restore and reestablish the barrier if possible. If we are to do any of this, we need your cooperation. We need people to train. We need them teachable, and we need them as soon as possible. That barrier is getting weaker every day, and its power is leaking back into the fountain. That means that power is becoming more and more available to us as incarnates, both martyr and murder. And that is a terrifying thought. You have no good reason to trust me or any of us from the Order of Resting Waters, but I assure you that everything we have done has been with the intention of peace for all. Silence. And since I don't believe that is good enough, Raid got down on one knee. I swear to you on my life and the restless soul of my dead child, I will protect these students with my life and train them to protect us from this coming apocalypse. I will do so with love for them and hate for our enemies. And I will put each and every one of their lives before my own. He bowed his head. More silence. Linus tensed. Okay, said Gaelic. I will inform the king. And if he agrees, we shall have them before the end of the month, if all goes well. I will vouch for you, but I give no promises. Thank you, Raid said, his voice small and genuine. The other leaders agreed as well, one by one, with the exception of Tavania and Rialt who would not allow their people to work together. Evanari seemed to think it was for the best, quoting to himself the holy words, if one's head and heart seek to fight, will not the hands follow through? Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. Oh, that's like the perfect way to end that scene, too. Dude. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Holy crap, dude. Oh. I'm so excited you're writing this book. Me too. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like in like one small scene, I set up Coronaries and Raid's relationship perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just the <laughs> sigh, right? That's all you needed. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of Jared and Josh's character in every single RPG ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's so true. Oh boy. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Or actually, I feel like Raid relates to Adam's <clears throat> characters more. Yeah, it's it's Adam's character and all of the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, okay, Theo, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any... I mean, I, I think I said anything that I... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah there, there were definitely a couple of words there that I was like, wait... <laughs> But again, like the yeah. the only problems in any of the things that you've written are just purely grammatical, and that's right. in your you know spelling error or whatever, not anything having to do with story or like voice. So you have really good uh, writing in that sense. So good job, dude. Sweet, thank you. Mm-hmm. I love how you guys have like like a three paragraph prologue, and my <laughs> prologue is everything I've written so far. <laughs> I literally just had that snippet of like uh -huh. kind of context and yeah. I was like, I don't know what else to call this. So yep. Well, this is definitely not the prologue. This is definitely chapter one. I think the No, prologue... the like the raid was restless, that little bit there. Oh yeah, that's not finished though. 
I honestly okay. don't know if I'm going to use any of that. I'm not okay. sure. Yeah, I don't know if I, I'm going to use my little prologue either. Got it. I think the prologue is going to start literally with him walking in his house. I think the first line is going to be, um, like the, I thought oh, you don't need a prologue. The prologue. Well, I know I I know I don't need a prologue, but I need something besides some guy looking at a temple to be my first little bit here mm-hmm. because right. this is definitely going to be action oriented. I want the prologue to give them a glimpse of that. Yeah, and that makes so, sense. Uh, Have like a, a Kelsier fights people sort of a thing yeah not... I, well what i what i think i'm gonna have and have happen is oh mm. now i'm thinking maybe i should have raid be fighting a murder as the prologue well the issue though and like and the reason that brandon like for example right wrote the prologue of Mistborn as he did where there was a bunch of tension and things were happening and then he killed a bunch of people but he didn't show it is because you want to lead up to right, and that would totally the magic... ruin the reveal yeah, of the magic. Exactly. Yeah. That rage <laughs> in the air and smashes the table. I mean, I I think maybe maybe starting off prologue at right after he's killed the murder might be an interesting thing. Right, have a little bit of like him yeah. just like standing over a dead yeah. body or something. That's a possibility. Yeah. Um. Either so it's either going to be that, but I feel like I don't need that. I feel like what I need is uh. Well, no, I don't think I need any of it. Honestly, honestly I think the yeah. I think the start of the chapter is fine. I think you ha- you don't have that much before they get there. Um, right. Yeah, if somebody can't get through four pages, you know what I mean. <laughs> and it's still interesting, right? Like, yeah, we're here. You can take it off now. That's that is a great opening line for yeah. uh, a book, like. The only I was I was thinking of maybe trying to do uh raid uh <clears throat> becoming a martyr and murder of him like defending his his child. Uh, I don't think you life. need but I don't think I'm ever gonna write No, this. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I need to. No. It's more dramatic so. not having it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, cool. I'm gonna underline everything in this document that I'm not going to use. Okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Carl, did you have another thing you wanna? Yeah. Take a look at. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she, was, she was coughing over there. Pretty <laughs> Can we go to my story now? <laughs> no. I know. Um. Yeah. Okay. So the beginning of chapter four is what I wrote yesterday. Okay. And I'm super happy with it because I got to intro the next character and mm-hmm. I was like super excited about it. Um, so <clears throat> pain made laps around Drew's skull and the and occasional pit stops to the gash in her shoulder. It was less than she expected. Then again, she hadn't expected to feel much more at all. Where am I? <laughs> she so felt one, her side. One uh, point of um, suggestion on that first line. As much as I like it, I really like it, but does it make sense for Drew to use that analogy? Does she know about race cars? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, if if this was in third-person omniscient where, you know, this is just a, a neutral narrator reading this off for a 21st century audience, that would be one thing. But it sounds like you're doing third-person uh, limited yeah. in, in her viewpoint. Uh, and so it doesn't sound like a person from Xanlis would know 
those yeah. terms. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Maybe made laps would make sense because that could be uh, yeah. By the, but the pit stops. Yeah. Um, specifically, even though I really like that line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dash it. Um, Rain check it. Yeah. Um, where am I? She felt her side for her sword, her gun, something. All she found was a warm metal surface, the comforting heat spreading throughout her body. She forced her eyes open to find a high metal ceiling, light fixtures dangling from at least 20 feet above her. She tried to lift her head to make sense of her surroundings, but the initial dose of pain returned, causing her to wince and drop her head to the folded blanket it rested on. You are still injured. You should rest for a while before trying to stand, a mechanical voice said, startling Drew and forcing her to crane her neck more. Same thing there, uh, Carl's. Um, there's a comma and then ah, no capital yes. Yeah. Yeah. As, if there's um, ever a point where it's, it's blank said, um, yeah. it's one sentence. Because you, I mean, you think about it this way, right, for both of you. Um, could the, the sentence, he said, he said, like, mutely or something like that right would that sentence ever make sense as one sentence right no, yeah. it's, no. it would be he said something yeah. right if anything but right. he said isn't a sentence it's just a sentence fragment. Okay. yep that makes sense yep. I'll, I'll <laughs> <laughs> um the room was large and filled with technology technology drew had never seen before two monitors were stationed on opposite sides of the circular area surrounded by buttons and switches she lay on a long metal table that extended upwards from the floor. Her weapons and Atmo mass sat on the console across from her. Her head and arm were wrapped in perfectly placed bandages. There was no one else in the room. Hello, she asked the empty room, sitting up slowly and carefully dang dangling her legs over the edge of the table. Her boots met the floor. Is there someone there? A long pause followed her question. Yes, though not in the physical sense of here or there, I suppose, the voice answered. I am able to respond. The voice was clearer now. It sounded like a man, but almost robotic, computerized. The words seemed to come from the ceiling, echoing downwards to where Drew sat. Who are you? Animated Defense of Native Internal Systems is my official title, the voice said from above. But that tends to feel slightly long and daunting. I presume you are accustomed to the name Adonis? <laughs> Drew's eyebrows raised. Awesome. I don't understand. The voice replied, you are resident of the dome, are you not? Drew shifted uncomfortably. How do you know that? Like I said, I am Adonis. I would be a useless protector if I didn't know my own. <clears throat> Drew held a hand to her head and shut her eyes tight in confusion. Adonis's voice continued. I can tell you are anxious. I believe I may know of a way to make this conversation more comfortable for you, he said. Suddenly, the far wall began to shift, metal plates moving like liquid and robotic limbs pushing through the solid barrier as if a person had been embedded into the structure. Drew lunged quickly for her Zephos, standing to her feet in one painful motion and extending the blood-splattered blade in a defensive action. The form comple completed its exodus and stood before her, a humanoid robot with glowing yellow orbs for eyes as the only facial features, Wiles wires connecting uncovered joints with plated limbs and torso. Adnus's voice came through the robot's lipless face. I don't intend to harm you, just the opposite, in fact. The sword is not necessary. How do I know you're not lying, she asked. I don't know where I am, what you are, or why you took me here. The blade shuddered in her tight grip. The robot extended a metal gloved hand towards her. If I desired to harm you, I would not have intervened when the beast attacked. Drew relaxed her arms a bit. He had a point. 
I brought you here because you weren't in crit- because you were in critical condition. The people could not have saved you, and my one duty is to protect the inhabitants of my walls. Drew let her sword fall to her side and the silence hang in the air before speaking again. She asked the question she was still most unsure about. If you don't mind me asking, what are you? Adonis's expressive form stared at her for a moment before answering, eyes flickering a few times in what could be perceived as thought. I don't mind. The robot walked over to one of the monitors and pressed a few buttons on the screen. The other monitor by Drew lit up, showing a collection of blueprints depicting the dome, with a large section in the center labeled in Greek letters, Adonis. And that's probably a good place to stop that scene because it's yeah. it keeps going. <laughs> I'm into it. I like it a lot. I love Yay. his. I love Adamus. Yeah, I mean, it's in, he's instantly Yay. characterized very, very well. Yeah, yeah. like and, honestly, just the first line that he has is really, really good. You are still injured. You should rest a while for a while before trying to stand. Like it, it just sounds like perfectly <laughs> like the sort of character you want to get across here. Yay. Um, but yeah, I just. I kept making a bunch of grammatical yeah. <laughs> notes the whole time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a note on uh, something for both of you again. Even if the sentence, um, like the quote, ends in like a ends question mark, it's question still mark, yeah. no, not not if it ends in a period. Um, if oh. it, I mean, it, if it's she asked or he asked, you should always end it with a comma instead of a period. But if it's a question mark, it's still non-capitalized if, for the pronoun okay. because it's still a quote. Yeah. I think what does that for us is reading books and it always starting with the character. Like a, this person did this, this person said. Right. And it's it's always capitalized because it's the person. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like super into it. Love yeah. it. This is a lot of fun, guys. Yeah, yes. this is great. I mean, even even like so when we finish with Nanorimo, um, we should totally like go through each other's stuff like more in, in extensively and yeah. kind of kind of help each other out and and uh, do some feedback things. Uh, that'd be really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, okay, cool. Um, any other? things you want us to look at in that thing any questions you had about it um i mean i i've kind of felt like like her character like in that kind of a situation would be a little more alarmed but i don't know how to write that and have like heavy, heavy breathing heavy yeah breathing. that's always very um I, I want to. It's 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 a non-dramatic, understandable way for somebody to react. I mean, that. but it's more of like I feel like she'd be like trying to get out rather than just being I, like, "Oh, I'm in pain. I'm just gonna sit here." <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought it. I thought do what a, she did was fine. Of, do a thing of then like she winces at the pain and is like, "Well." <laughs> I mean, I kind of did that. A yeah, times, no, I, I I think it works. Um, I honestly don't think you need to change okay. it all that much. Um, I think it worked fine. Like he made like Adonis himself made uh, a good point, right? Like, um, right. If I desired to harm you, I would not have intervened when the beast attacked. Like, I would say, I would say, yeah, I would, I would agree with that specifically, and then say, okay, then there must be some other reason why this robot thing brought me here. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. She then just yeah. worry about something else. Right, and yeah, she can I'm she can be insane. on alert and on in alarm, but like she knows that she can't. Where does she even go? Right, like. Right. Yeah. She needs information more than anything. So. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I really liked it though. Cools. Yeah, I like it. Your turn. Yeah, I'm trying to think of where what I want you guys to read. Is there anything in particular that I want you to look through? Um Uh, let's. Let, how about we just uh read through the, the bit, the most recent bit that I've written? Because I'm curious as to, because there's a, it's a, there's a lot of um ex, not exposition, I guess like world building exposition that kind of happens, but I think it makes sense, and I think it's like a good way to kind of get across some of the interesting parts of the the society without it being too heavy handed because it's literally part of his like initiation, here. Um, so let's see. It's on page seven. Um, and just to get here, actually, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of how, where I want to start this. So it makes sense. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the first, the start of the first full paragraph that's on page seven there. Um, so it says, in front of the glass were several older men and women, all dressed in tanas, all with an electrum brooch pinned to the front, inlaid with the insignia of the speakers, a set of scales inside a six-pointed star. Um, I'm actually going to change that. I think it's just going to be a, a hexagon. Because that ended up being more important later. The men wore their tanas in red, while the women wore, their, wore theirs in blue. But none of them had any more embellishment in the outfit than the brooch, since speakers were expected to keep their appearance simple and humble as servants of the state, rather than drawing attention to themselves with gaudy jewelry. The men and women looked at him with calculated expressions, ranging from curiosity to outright coldness, and stood with their arms folded into their tanas, as was the standard default posture of the speakers. Uh, I'm just going to get rid of standard. Um, as Kirlan and Gallag approached them. Kirlan swallowed again, but didn't look away, trying to meet each gaze with a calculation of his own, not daring to back down. These are the elder speakers. The council that, along with Gallag as the head, guided the city of Argasan in the path of law and order. They were great men and women, experts in their fields, and masters at the arts of linking and domination. These are the people he had to impress, the people to whom he had to prove he was worthy to be given the title of speaker. Gallic stepped over to join the ranks of the elder speakers, facing Kirlan as a judge instead of a guide. He met Kirlan's eyes with the same challenging expression before speaking. This is the beginning of your initiation, Kirlan, Gallic said, reciting the formulaic words. Do you have anything to wish you wish to say before we begin? Kirlan had been preparing for this moment for weeks editing and revising the words in his head over and over again until he had bored himself to tears. And it was in this moment, in that moment, just before he began to speak, that he realized that he may indeed be ready after all. I am truly honored, he said, his gaze making its way through them, to be standing here today. I will try with everything I have to live up to the responsibility I've been given, and to always put the city and its citizens above my own needs. Gallic flickered a smile as Kirlan finished. Well spoken. He glanced at his fellow speakers. Shall we begin? They nodded. One by one, they came forward, asking Kirillon questions about the history of Argasan, the laws it was run by, or any a number, any number of other topics important to the speaker's tasks. 
Kirlan found his confidence growing as the answers came easily to him, and the other speaker seemed pleased with each response he gave. Finally, one, a balding man with a face wrinkled like a piece of old leather, asked the last question. What do the words of Erogerius Gaffon in Article 37 of the Codices teach us about the road to longevity for the city of Argosan? Human flourishing through a wise and carefully calculated central state was always the point that the first speaker made, Kirlan began smoothly. If resources were managed and distributed properly, as they were gained, everyone could be given what they needed to live, and the excess could be used to increase productivity where needed. He pictured the city of Argosan as a complex system of symbiotic relationships, in which each person was part of a larger whole that only functioned when every person did their part. To that end, Article 37 gave us the structure for the system of castes that kept, keeps society ordered and easily managed. There are six castes, one for each of Critias's great commands, and they function according to the diagram given in that article. And just for uh, context, um, it's revealed earlier in the chapter that Critias is like their god, and Erodrius Gaffon <laughs> is like the first speaker. Um, Kirlan hesitated and felt the urge to glance at the ceiling since Article 37 and the accompanying diagram were written there, but he resisted. It wasn't te technically forbidden to look at the codices during your initiation, but he had, he had heard that it always impressed the elder speakers more if you could get through it without looking. He had made it this far without it, so he pressed forward, trusting his memory. The first command, to labor, was how Erogerius established the bottom left of the hexagon that makes up the diagram, he said carefully, slowing his pace so he could remember properly. This was the lower city and the lowborn caste that makes up the majority of the workforce of Argosan. The second command was to build, and is the bottom right of the hexagon, creating the midborn caste of merchants, craftsmen, and artists. The third command, Kirlan paused again, and then his mind went back through the information he had diligently studied the past two years, trying to find that relevant, the relevant passage of Article 37. The elder speaker who had asked the question waited expectantly, and Kirlan took a deep breath. After too long of a pause, he finally remembered and continued, though it still made him nervous how close he was to coming to forgetting something entirely. The third command was to keep peace, the top left of the hexagon, and made up the warborn, the military cast. Uh, cast. It is always noted that Erogerius recognized that to keep peace, one must always be willing to fight, hence the name and function of the military cast. Uh, I need to capitalize that. The fourth command was to rule, and makes up the top right of the diagram. This command was for the establishment of the highborn, the residents of the upper city, and the ones responsible for the distribu distribution of resources. The fifth command was to speak, and was the command that created the order of the speakers and tasked them with, the guidance, with guiding the city of Argosan through wise judgment and the giving of the law. Kirlan's answer was flowing nicely now, but as he reached the last point of the diagram in his mind, his stomach lurched in realization as to why this was the last question that had been asked. The last, the last command to listen is the most widely discussed command and the most widely interpreted. Kirlan glanced at the lenses that were just behind the elder speakers. Some assume it was not meant to establish caste, but rather to establish those outside caste, those who refused to listen, as being untouchable and unclean. Others, including the generation of speakers after Erogerius, thought it was meant to create a caste among the lowborn, the caste that was always the hardest to manage, that would be a more, that would be a more direct force of guidance on the lower city. They were called the listeners, and since then, one of our primary tasks is to choose a member of the lowborn and lift them out of a caste to the rank of listener and then work with them to guide the people of the lower city directly. As he finished, he found himself still staring at the lens nearest to him, and though he was sure that he had answered satisfactorily, he had already completely forgotten the first portion of the test, focused firmly on the next. Kirlan, Kirlan saw Gallic nod approvingly out of the corner of his eye. Good, initiated Kirlan. Well done. Now that we have seen the breadth of your knowledge, it is time for us to witness an application of your skill. Please, Kirlan, step up to the lens. And there it was. What do you think? Is that too is that too much information in too short a time or No, I think it's good because it 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 gives you an idea of like everything he had to know. 
Right. And, and that's what I was hoping. Like, yeah. Increases the intensity of like this 14 year old knows all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's extremely intelligent. And so, it, yeah. If, if it would be boring information, then, you know, whatever. But this is, this seems like very intelligent information about a very specific order of yeah. entire society. Yeah. Cause as the reader, you recognize, like, oh, this is obviously in here because it's important because this is how their society works. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And I think what I ended up doing, because I, I first just kind of, like, wrote the whole block of orders out, and then I went through it, and I was like, okay, that, that looks pretty boring, just, like, reading the whole thing out. <laughs> so then I went back through and added this little subplot of him, like, almost forgetting it, and just, like, yeah, having to, I like, like kind of struggle through it a little bit. And then I and I originally had this be the first question, and then the, the next paragraph after that was, like, going through the rest of the questions in montage, but then I switched it around and had the first questions be in montage and then had this be the last one. So that was like, he's yeah. running out of steam. He's like done a whole bunch of questions now yeah. that he's trying to Makes do that. Makes more sense. And yeah, I thought I was just hoping that would work well. So, uh, cool. Well, yeah. So I totally just came up with all of that <laughs> random crap today <laughs> when I was writing. I was just like, oh yeah, this is probably how this works. I had known that it was going to be like a cast system, but... You didn't know that that was the cast system? No. Really? <laughs> so, I mean, for, I've known that there was the upper city, the mid- middle city, and the lower city, and then the the military. Um, But I didn't really know how they all kind of played together or, like, why they were important to the society and, like, why they had been – I mean, the elevation was part of the reason, but um, I had started kind of, like, making this whole lead up with uh, – like, there was, like, a statue of Orodrius and Critias, like, at the beginning of the, this big hall that they went to. And I started, like, getting up to, like, it's, like, uh, god and lawgiver kind of a situation that was going on. And so I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be interesting to have, like, this god, like, give them a bunch of commands. And then this this lawmaker was just, like, extrapolated from all these commands and made this whole like, complex caste system so everybody followed <laughs> the law. So I'm assuming that the listener he's going to choose is the next main character, correct? Um, is crap, that I guess that does, it does set that up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is always the issue. So, um, I mean, you've read the prologue, the original prologue, right, Connor? I feel like you have. I don't know. It was probably a while ago, though. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to, it's definitely an important character, but it's a character that doesn't, isn't in the rest of the book, at least. Okay, spoiler alert, he dies at the end of the ch- of the prologue. That's kind of the whole point of the prologue is um the no, not Caroline. Um oh. the the <laughs> listener like, the listener he, <laughs> the listener he chooses. Oh. So he is an important character and it's going to it's leading up to that, but he also dies at the end of the chapter. So like I'm hoping that it like it was always a thing when I when I people originally um read the first incarnation of the prologue like it was this whole thing where like everyone was like, "What? He dies at the end? I loved that character." And I was like, "Yes, good, good. I killed the character that you loved." Um, but I'm just hoping that they don't have the wrong expectations where they expect him to be a character through the whole novel. Right. That's fine. But yeah, and I think what I'm gonna actually do that, is that makes death more real in this book. Yeah, I think what I'm I'm also gonna do is at the beginning of the prologue have it say like twelve years earlier. So that people know this is not that the beginning sense. of the book. 
like even if it's even if it's a prologue like this is definitely like out, outside of the the rest of the story um it just sets up the the main story so yeah but yes it's definitely an important part no i mean i mean that's not something you really have to decide decide now but like no something you very easily change but i feel like it would be when i you know what i mean like when i read um something and it says like five years earlier or something like that then i immediately am looking at it like okay something big is going to happen that's going to set up everything but if this is just chapter one i'm much more shocked by the events I mean, yeah, this is this is always meant to be framed as a prologue. Okay, all right. Because it's like it's fourteen years, or it's like yeah, twelve years earlier, um, in the timeline. Um, right, but like you can just write twelve years later on chapter one. Well, uh, yeah, that I mean that's the issue, right? Like I don't know if I want to set up the expectations that this is the beginning of the story, because okay. yeah, I I want to make sure that it's. I, could, well, I want it's not about some 14 year old kid. Learning exactly. Anything. Yes. It's not about, that's not what the story is about. That's, that's good. That's a good right. Yeah. So I want, I want to set up where like you're interested in what's happening right. and Especially like you're, you have a long prologue. Yes. But like, and you, I think you, I want you to care about this listener that he right. chooses, but not, a, not expect him to be a, a regular character in the rest of the book. And I think right. if it's framed as a prologue, you're less likely to, to, get us attached to these characters in the prologue yeah so yeah yeah this prologue is here to meant is meant to be here to establish why kirillon changes in the first chapter mm. like who he was before and what made him change that's what this is doing so yeah but i like it so far so it's and I, I love getting to come up with random cool world building things <laughs> like that. Nimbus wants to join the podcast. <laughs> uh, cool, yeah. Hear him? You guys hear him earlier? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, that is, that's the first couple bits of our novels. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they turn out. This has given me inspiration. Yeah. I'm ready to write more. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's good. Uh, any other last thoughts or things you guys want to talk about for a wrap up? Carly's in the lead. Yep. <laughs> Carly's I am. In the I'm lead. still behind though, and I'm probably not gonna get in 1,600 words tonight. So. <laughs> I feel like none of us are really going to accomplish 50,000 words by the end of November, but it's still going to be really good. I'm going to. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to do it. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I might get 25,000. I'm going to do it. All right. So am I. <laughs> you, can, you can set logos for yourself, Connor. <laughs> Me and Carly are going to break this. All right. Be great. Okay. We ready? Think so. You can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show, or Facebook at Facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show, and at our website at Christian Show.com. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be back 
next week with some more nano updates. I don't. Okay, so I don't. I don't know what to call these episodes. What should I call these episodes? Like nano updates. Well, should this episode be like reading our first chapters? Reading our first pages. Well, it wasn't always first. Chapter reading our pages. Uh, <laughs> right. That's what I'm wondering. Like, should I, should I have it be separate? Nano part one. Yeah, Nanorimo part one. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Yep, let's do that. Yep. Do we have four Mondays in November? Good question. Do we have one for every week? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't cool. have school next Monday, which means I can get a lot of hey. work done. <laughs> hey. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving week because I'm not going to have yeah, a lot of class too. at all. So I'm going to get some <laughs> writing done. It's gonna that's going to be, wait, is Thanksgiving the 29th then? Uh, so no, Thanksgiving is the 22nd. 22nd. Yeah, it's the fourth because they're the the the, week, the month started on oh, a Thursday, so yep. have five Thursdays in the month. Okay. Yep. Okay. Very interesting. Cool stuff. All right. Well, there you go. I think we're out. Yep. Bye. Bye.